Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Baldry's beat Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's start with BC Ferries oh. and the continuing gong show over there and uh, taking a look at the BC Ferries website right now. And once again, similar to what we saw earlier in the week, like it shows full until 6, until, well, now it says to 7 p.m. So now it says the 6 p.m. sailing is, is full. That was open a few minutes, a little while ago. So now it's saying everything's full till 7 o'clock. But then Ignore also on the, the same website. page. Yeah, well, also on the same page it says, yeah, we know it says full, but, you know, maybe you can get on. So go to the, B- I advise everyone, go to the BC Ferries account on Twitter. Yeah. Forget the website. So yeah. on, BC Ferries, 31 minutes ago, said current experience at Swartz Bay is a one sailing wait as of 935. So it seems like that's a, Swartz Bay. That's on the island. Current experience at Tawasson is a two sailing wait as of 930. Yeah. The website says nothing till six or seven o'clock. Till seven. It says yeah. it says everything's full till seven well, on the website. On the on their Twitter but on Twitter, feed, it's uh, one or two sailing weight depending <laughs> on which terminal you're at, which is a normal situation. Um, a two sailing weight is normal. Well, yeah. A one sailing weight is often the case. Two midweek. Sa- yeah, midweek. Two sailing weight. Eh, that can happen yeah. on you know, but that seems to be the new normal is uh, these sailing weights. But yeah, the website is hopeless. Yeah. You know, um, just ignore the website. If you need to check out information, go to the Ferries uh, Twitter feed, BC Ferries, and you get more up-to-date information. In fact, Ferries is advising people to do that. Yeah. Um, which, again, uh, y- yesterday, you know, it was flagged that their their website, their IT problems are significant internally um, when it comes to the reservation system and when it comes to the website. So ignore the, the th- website. The thing is, though, I think most people would go to the website. That's probably the most used yep. tool. I mean, people will go there to make, you can make your reservations online on the website. You can check current. There's a big button there, check current conditions. Well, on top of the website right now, it says, isn't there, there's a note that says this may not be yeah, It basically <laughs> says it may be wrong. You know, yeah. the information may be wrong. And according fact. to their Twitter feed, it's completely wrong. Yeah. Again, the notion that on a Wednesday all ferries would be booked until 7 o'clock yeah. is absurd. Okay. Well, let's listen to Rob Fleming, the transportation minister, grilled on this yesterday by reporters, and here's what he had to say. The explanation coming from BC Ferries is um, related to a, a general underinvestment and in outdated IT systems that have caused us problems in the past. Technology and a, a complete overhaul is one of the strategic goals of the new CEO, and it can't come fast enough. What happened yesterday, they have assured uh, our ministry will be fixed uh, within a week and won't be happening again. Okay, well, it's happening right now. It's happening right now. Fixed in a week, we'll see. I mean, you got to wonder what, at the very least, take down the current conditions part of that website because it's completely fictitious. You know, it's telling people there's no no ferries available until 7 o'clock. The other part of this is the sold-out reservations. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's difficult to get a reservation now on the same day, if not impossible. Yeah, no, the reservation system is also beset by IT problems. Yeah. Uh, they've got to fix that. So they've got to bring in some pretty uh, savvy IT people, quick, ASAP. 
uh, because what's happened right now is a real disservice to ferry customers. Right, and you heard a mention there, he said the CEO has assured me that we're going to get this fixed. So the CEO is Nicholas Jimenez, who was brought over from ICBC, former head over there, and we haven't really heard anything from him. No, I mean, I don't know why ferries have just gone dormant. They've left it to a relatively new communications person, Karen Johnson, who we all know from the, she used to work in the provincial government. She's all very capable, but you know, where's the CEO? Yeah. Where's the management on this? Uh, You know, it's now second day in a row where completely misleading information is on their website. Yeah. And it doesn't look like, well, he said he's going to be fixed in a week. I guess we'll Maybe. see if it's fixed, we'll <laughs> fixed in a week. Check Twitter. Like you said, check the Twitter yeah, feed. I mean, it's interesting. Their Twitter feed is completely at odds with their website. Yeah, yeah. Check the Twitter. The Twitter seems to be more accurate. The thing is, like, how many people, though, have canceled their, their vacation plans or changed their, their travel knows? plans because they believe what's on the website? So. Yeah, I mean, if you're going by the website and you're ready to, you think you're going to Vancouver for the day or you're going to Victoria, and you suddenly say, wait a minute, i got to go to the ferries and line up for 10 hours? Cancel it. You know, forget forget it. it. I'm not going. Right. When, in fact, the reality is you only have to maybe wait one or two sailings, yeah. which is a normal situation. Okay. Let's talk about the situation in uh, Surrey for Surrey policing and the, the never-ending story here. So a lot of the speculation was would, would Brenda Locke, the Surrey mayor, keep fighting against this transition to the new Surrey Police Service, right? Now, let's have a listen to what she has had to say here in the last couple of days. Here she is still criticizing the decision to force the city to go to this new police force. Have a listen. With respect to the Solicitor General, I and many of my council colleagues firmly believe this decision will negatively impact the public safety and finances of the people of Surrey for years to come. What's the latest on this? Well, so she spoke, as you heard of on the NW Newscast, she spoke at a rather tense Surrey Police Services police board meeting last night where she said it is time to turn the page. But then she says that, and then in the next moment she criticizes a, a board member for praising Lipinski and using the, the word we. And she basically says, not so fast. You know, um, Don't include me in this, exactly. praising the police chief. Uh, so Lipinski is going to be, he is the police chief. And yeah. going forward, he estimates within 10 months or so, yeah. give or take a month or two, um, Surrey Police Services will be the police force of jurisdiction in Surrey. They will have more members than RCMP. So Locke, I don't know, she, she's sort of had mixed messages here. On the one hand, it's turned the page. On the other hand, she can't quite come to grips with the fact that Lipinski is going to be the police. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it, it, and there's no turning back. I mean, Farnworth, I've talked to him since that meeting he had with her. Uh, there's no going back here. The decision's been made. Lipinski at that meeting says they have seen an, an uptick in applications. So yeah. his force is growing. And it will continue to grow as the RCMP diminishes, and that's you know that's the new reality. And Locke seems to be in a, in a place where it's not not quite coming to admitting that the, the game is up. He hasn't fully accepted it. Let's listen to another clip of the, of the Surrey mayor. So here's Brenda Locke talking about the situation here. This board has made it a deliberate position that they build a wall and even offend the city of Surrey through their work. That posturing must stop today. We will build the best and most accountable police department we can. That means an immediate pivot on our relationship. If, so, doesn't that mean? So that means I guess she she should start getting along with the police chief here. I, you'd think it would be in everyone's yeah. interest to get along. Well, yeah, get along with farmers, get along with Lipinski. I think one of the things you're going to see in the fall is we're going to see some amendments to the Police Act to ensure that we don't see this situation occur again. It won't stop a municipality from changing police forces, but it will stop a municipality with reversing course. 
The other thing that's been rumored, no con- confirmation yet, is perhaps the amendments that remove mayors from police boards. Mm. That's something I think is, is probably in the works as well. Let's talk about the federal cabinet shuffle. This mm-hmm. was a big shuffle here. A lot of moves, big maybe sh- bigger than expected. Biggest shuffle in quite some time. I don't think even, certainly the biggest shuffle under Trudeau's watch. Yeah. I think it's dwarfs any, any shuffles under Stephen Harper. Mm. I don't think he changed this many horses in midstream as, as Trudeau did. I think, you know, no coincidence that yesterday there was a poll out from Abacus Data that shows a 10-point gap between the Conservatives and the Liberals, the biggest Conservatives gap. are leading. Yeah, and not and again, it's where they're leading. B.C. Yeah. and the West, you know, that, that's that, take that for granted, but also now a lead in Ontario. And more problematic for the Liberals because it's a signal of just perhaps how far their brand has sunk. Now they're tied in Atlantic Canada. So Atlantic Canada has always been referred to as the Great Red Wall. That's yeah. on election night. Almost all the seats turn red, liberal red. And that's why everyone was, you know, news networks, including ours, would project a liberal minority government based on that, that there'd be this rolling numbers. But if they're losing ground in Atlantic Canada, you can be sure they're losing ground everywhere else. And that's a big problem for Justin Trudeau. Well, maybe that's reflected in this big cabinet shuffle he so. announced. So let's listen to Pierre Polyev here, his opponent, leader of the federal Conservative Party. Here's Polyev reacting to the cabinet shuffle. By firing or moving most of his cabinet, Justin Trudeau has admitted his government is a failure. It's funny, though. The one minister who is responsible for these failures didn't get moved, and that minister is Justin Trudeau. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, What's he going to do, fire himself? He's not going to fire himself, for goodness sake. Yeah, you're out of um, cabinet. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean... This is something for Polyev to dine out on. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, this is a reflection that I think Trudeau realizes he's in trouble. Yeah. He's got to make some major moves. I still go back to when we speculated before the shuffle, um, uh, basically firing his public safety minister and his attorney general on the same day. Yeah. You don't see that very yeah. often. In fact, if, if ever. So I think those are two of the biggest moves. I think also changing the health minister is a, is a significant move. Uh, and keeping Christian Freeland in place as Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister is, is also um, a telling move. Uh, so again, yeah, major shuffle and a sign that they acknowledge that they're in trouble. I thought it was interesting that he moved his he moved Sean Fraser out of immigration, and there's been a lot of focus on those immigration numbers. Are we bringing in too many immigrants mm-hmm. because of the housing shortage? And and he goes to housing. Yeah, and he goes to, he goes to housing, and they bring in a new immigration minister who was asked yesterday. Are you comfortable with these very aggressive immigration targets at 500,000 new Canadians a year, given this tight housing market? And and he didn't budge on that. He said, no, this is going to be good for the housing supply. Um, I guess he's arguing we need to bring in more workers to build more housing, Well, I guess is the argument. And the counterargument is, okay, where do they live in the meantime? So there is pressure on housing and on health care. You put yeah. 500,000 more people in, into Canada, well, that's, they're not all going to use the health care system, but there's an increasing pressure on health care because of the huge... And schools uh, and housing. ...upswing in retirements of boomers. Um, yeah, uh, schools. I mean, how many... Look at Surrey right now. As soon as a school opens, it's over capacity. Yep. You've got the double-decker portables out there. Surrey's going to take a huge chunk of that immigration number that comes in every year and because 95% of the immigrants are... are um, settling uh, in Metro Vancouver, the Capital Region, and the Okanagan. It's not like they're all moving to Prince George right. they're, they're, or yeah. the Caribou. They're coming into those three geographic places in greater numbers, and the pressure is going to be felt on education, housing, and health. 
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Keith Baldry is my guest. Let's go right to your phone call. John in Gibsons. Hi, John. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm a BC Ferry employee, marine engineer, 42 years, so I've seen a lot go on there. Um, and and politic, politicians getting in and replacing the chair of the board, firing the ex-president who was uh, a damn good guy. He, you know, he gave stuck it to the union and he stuck it to the government until the, he got fired. But which guy is that you're referring to? Which guy? Um, Ex-president of BC Ferries. Mark Collins? Is that who you're talking to? Yes. Yes. Yeah. A career guy, hard, hard ass business. He, you know, stiffed the union a bit and whatever. But that's his job as long as, as long as, uh, you know, he gets money out of the government and that. Now, 500 million given to BC Ferries to keep our fares down. That should be a contract for new ships. You don't drive 45-year-old buses and have them be reliable. Uh, they they got to spend money on ships. Mm-hmm. Hey, John, what do you think of the problems with that coastal celebration ship there in for repairs again? What's going on there? Um, I don't have an insight to that, but I know our shipyards are damn old. And, uh, you know, the question be had if they're providing good repair services there. Yeah, John. Thank you for the call. Yeah, so it's interesting. John's right. They did give BC Ferries five hundred million dollars. Yeah, huge. Uh, on top of the two hundred and twenty million dollars they get every year, and that subsidy's been going up every year to keep ferries down. But that's not the capital side of the, John's referring to building ships. That's yeah. a different side of the budget. Yeah. Um, and they are in a, a big capital program, but you have to wonder whether it's big enough. And this is the second day in a row we've heard questions raised about the capacity to repair these ships and uh, if it's up to snuff. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing this one of the big problems is this coastal celebration ship out of out of out of service has been a big problem. And getting the part, yeah, you know, we've seen lots of history in, in BC's waters. Uh, we had a we had a service between Nanaimo and Vancouver, I think, twenty years ago that went out of business because they couldn't find a replacement part. So mm-hmm. these parts are are a big part of the problem as well. George in Nanaimo. Hi, George. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, good morning, guys. On to the ferry thing again. The point that I know Keith has mentioned this, but um, it doesn't get mentioned, is the biggest problem with the staffing is they just don't offer full-time employment. Nobody wants to sit as a casual with all the uncertainty of whether or not you're going to get any work. They take the training from BC Ferries. They can literally walk across the street. C-SPAN will hire them immediately, guaranteed full-time six dollars an hour more than the ferry's paying this is why they can't keep their people they've got to get their heads out of the sand and offer people a real full-time job or this is just going to keep happening forever 
Yeah, very interesting point. They're also yeah. now competing with this news ferry service in Nanaimo, Hollow Ferries. Yes. Uh, which are already, um, we had a caller, I think, uh, previously saying that um, they've already hired some BC Ferry employees. So BC Ferries is at a real human resources crunch. And that's why you're seeing canceled sailings. Um, they don't have enough crew. And I'm, the caller makes an interesting point. Is part of the problem casual work instead of full-time work? I know I don't. I'm not privy to that information, but we'll check into that. Uh, presumably, if you hire someone on a casual basis, there's a cost advantage there to BC Ferries with there's reduced benefits reduced or whatever. Hour, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And re- reduced hours. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, labor costs, of course, are a big part of any organization's budget. Right. And I had the president of the union on the show yesterday who talked about they want to raise. They're opening up the contract and they want to raise. And so, we'll see. That's going to be a very interesting process. They're yeah. opening six months earlier than, than what had been scheduled. And we'll see if that wage increases there. I think the pressure is on BC Ferries to increase the pay. Yeah. Rob in Ladner. Rob, you got 30 seconds here. Yeah, so that uh, BC Ferries uh, reservation page, they only sell a certain number of reservations per per sailing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what they need to do is um, increase the reservation fee and provide an incentive to, that if people um, have to cancel, they get uh, not all of the fee back, but they get a portion of that fee back um, because there is no incentive right now. So people will buy these reservations and, and they'll they'll hang on them and they'll decide last minute. And if they don't go, it's only a, the fee that they lose. And um, That's a good point. No yeah. Great point. Yeah, I mean, the reservation system is a relatively new thing. I mean, it's, it's, it hasn't been there since day one. So I, I would expect some changes to the reservation system uh, in step with some IT changes.